0: All right, today on the show, Sarah is back as we talk about the locker room situation in Vermont and how it relates to people who are plant-based or vegan. We then bring in renowned nutritionist Allison Osger to discuss some of the science and the fun of a plant-based diet. And then it's Sarah's news as we debate Impossible Filets, Lizzo in her recent tweets, and some new menu items at Starbucks. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yeah, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. NextWave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service, all of the time. I get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998, it is Next Wave Services.
1: It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants
0: podcast, your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food with a plant based spin. I'm Dee and along with news anchor Sarah
2: Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here is a man who has never put ketchup
1: on a hot dog, Rach Reynolds. <laughs>
0: Well, hello, hello, and what is up, and welcome on in to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. Yes, we are back and better than ever as a trio with the blonde Sarah Carlson, who is joining us again. Yes, look at that, all the way down to the roots, uh, blonde, right, Sarah?
2: I found out I was 50% Swedish. We did that whole ancestry thing, like some somebody renewed it, and I'm more Swedish than before, so yeah. It's real. That'll make
0: you 50% blonde. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And there's that's, parts that's of how that that, that works. have
2: more to do. Yeah, yeah. hmm
0: Yep, yeah. and the casually styled tonight, ben. Eric Rogers, who usually is much better appointed than this. It's nighttime, nice my is, guy.
1: He's, <laughs> you got he's, he's, Eric. he's in relax
0: mode. Yep, along along with me. I never dress well anyway, so I just got the hoodie on. And anyways, you can find out all about us at realmeneplants.com, and wherever you are listening to the podcast, remember to like and subscribe. Make sure if you go to realmeneplants.com, you click on that support button to help us out. Take the thirty day challenge. Read the blogs also go to our youtube channel as well i promise to start getting more stuff up there i've been doing a really crappy ass job about that lately by the way you can find us on social media she is at news sarah he is at eric rogers brand and i am at rmep rich and here we go. It is nice to see everybody again. I get to see Eric all the time. We did another football game together. This was one way or the night. other.
1: Yeah, better or worse. Yeah, Dude, at, at what game that was. It was oh. It was maybe.
0: So we, we did a game like a month ago that was maybe the best college football game that I've ever seen. And then we did a game on Friday night that was one of the more boring college football games <laughs> that I've ever seen. Dude. However, you know what was really cool about the game? They had nearly 19,000 people in that stadium, which is a record they had. It was a school record, a conference record. I mean, the the attendance there at at Whitewater, at at UW-Whitewater Perkins Stadium. It was electric. I mean the the crowd was phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it, especially on, on the D three level. I've been in stadiums with ninety thousand people. What I'm talking about is at the D three level for them to pack that place. We thought I don't it was know what the capacity
1: before. is, but they were like at it or maybe even over because there were people. Capacity sure. is listed
0: at like twelve thousand eight hundred. No way! <laughs> I'm <Dude>. serious. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they had almost 20,000 people. There were people standing all over the place. They were jammed in there, shoehorned into the building. And then you know, it being nighttime and all, made for a very cool scene. So Eric and I there's get to see each other like a lot.
2: There's nothing yeah. like that, whether it's college or high school. There, it's a different thing with pro, but I've been at a lot of high school games lately, a lot of high school games lately. <laughs> and there's nothing like high school and college level, Right. It's just a different vibe. Love it. It Love it.
0: It's it's a better vibe now. I like watching pro sports on TV, but I would rather go to college events. Um, I I just think it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a be- yeah. And, and you talk about a better vibe. It's also and, where I'd rather bring my my kids to. Now there is you know kind of a, a weird tailgating vibe at the UW that you got to be careful of uh, because it can get really adult really fast <laughs> if you're bringing your kids around. Um, you know, especially if you're going by certain houses where they're selling red solo cups, so you you got to. Be kind of careful. Um, I got roped into one of those once, where with Joey. Joey was, I think, eleven at the time. It was a Russell oh, Wilson game. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shut and, up. Um, but, but before you know it, like like all these college girls are are all over him. Oh,
1: oh you're yeah. so adorable. Yeah. You know, and, and absolutely
0: loving him. And I was feeling kind of like, jealous. Dad, I want
1: to go to college. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, some somehow he ended up going to college in Madison. He went to Edgewood, but he's he's right there and and lived right on Regent Street. Right Right near where this party was go figure Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways welcome back Sarah it is always great to see you yep I did want to you know bring something up that has been in the news lately and I have found really interesting and then I want to try and tie this thing in to plant-based eating or as Glenn Mercer has been telling me lately I should be saying plant exclusive so chef (laughs) AJ who was a a guest on our show Mm -hmm. Has said that it's better to say plant exclusive. And she might have a point. So, plant based, you know, if you tell someone that you're plant based, they might think, well, maybe he eats like 90% plants. You know, it's it's based in plants, but he'll still eat meat and cheese and dairy and stuff like that, which is not the case. Yeah, I'm plant exclusive, um, which means I only eat plants. And so I kind of like that term. I think that term you're is monogamous better.
1: for. Plant exclusive food. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> plant exclusive, though, the only problem with it, it sounds elitist. think
1: like, is. So. We're better. I think plant exclusive? Plant based,
2: yeah. Yeah. Plant-based is a little more like, you can handle this. Plant I, ex- I will say. just like, whoa.
1: Yeah. The term plant-based, kind of like you said, Rich, it, it makes it sound like, Oh, you know, he'll eat like the Impossible burgers and stuff like that. But it's like, well, which is you're true. talking about Whole yeah. Food, like, yeah, uh, I, I but, will no, but, know, but almost I mean, like, I'd rather have.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think plant-based also makes it sound though that there is some meat involved. That it's mostly plants. It's plant-based, but you know, I you could have some so. other things in there. I'm no? Okay. Okay.
2: Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think either one is fine. You can use whatever term you like. You know, I'm kind of digging on on plant
0: exclusive. Yep. 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 You know, I am monogamous to plants. There's no philandering going Mm -hmm. on. There you go. I don't. I don't have a meat concubine (laughs) at all. So that is good. So (laughs) faithful. Yes, I am.
1: And you're not going to catch anything bad doing that. So that's good. No. No.
0: So I don't know if you guys have been following this at all. And I, I love following. You know, as much news as I could possibly follow and stomach without you know losing it. And in an election year, sometimes it, it, it could, things can get really sickening, really fast. And Sarah, you've been in news forever. Sometimes Everyone the news is, is, is
1: divisive just, and radical. Yeah, and, and, and they they'll, they'll like, feel so dumb. Yeah, you know.
0: It plus, plus, the news could just be sad at times. I mean, you could have 10 stories in a row, and none of it's good news. It's not like, you know, a thousand planes landed safely at O'Hare today. It's it's all rich like hasn't bad news. Which
1: has had a news. Cheeseburger in three but, years. Is he something? really who you want to listen to? Like, I don't but, know what I mean? like it's just stupid shit. Right.
2: But the question is no matter who you're getting it from, what we want to know about, what we want to keep our ears open to, unfortunately right now it's bad
0: it's almost you know? always bad and so, so there's only so we have much have i could
2: solve it's because we have problems to solve though like i john and i like we'll like watching the news then we get kind of bummed and, but i say you yeah. know hon i think there have been like months where it's not so bad where it's but right now there's a lot we have to pay attention to I don't know. Well, here's
0: no. here's a problem to solve. So in Vermont yes. there is a, a young I I guess born male that is now identifying as a female. This is in a high school in Vermont. And so what he wanted to do, or she, or I, I again, I'm not, I'm not sure how to put this. I'm not, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody. She. Um, she, okay, so identifying as female, so she um, decided that she wanted to, like, get dressed and change in the girls' locker room and use the girls' locker room. Uh, now, one of the things that, that happened within the first couple of days there, I guess she made the other girls very uncomfortable because she was watching them like undress and making comments. And so the girls oh. went to the faculty of the school and said, we got a problem here. So now to solve the problem. Now, I know one way I would solve the problem is, all right, listen, um, you're going to have to, because you made these comments, change in a different spot. You, you made all these girls uncomfortable. So why don't you change in one spot of the locker room and the girls will just change where they normally change. Um, uh, maybe we, we could do that or you could change in a stall or, you know, in a shower stall. I, I, I don't know. There, there would be some way that I would separate that person from the rest of the girls. However, that's not what they've chosen to do at this school. What they chose to do was let her stay in the girls' locker room and change, and they moved all the other girls. So now each and every one of the other girls has to change in, I believe it's a makeshift janitor's closet that they okay, go in a bullshit. couple. Well,
1: <laughs> hold on. That's this bullshit. Isn't, this Look, isn't even, I'm a
2: very... I'm a very, very open to the concept of gender identities changing, especially. Sarah's ready to pounce yeah.
1: on this
0: one. And that, that's yeah. not even the angle of... that I'm looking to take here. Um, but, so well, yeah.
2: I just feel like if you, if, if, if she, who used yes. to was born a man, a male, yes. but if she, and I can, I, I can, you know, whatever, respectfully say that made comments, then yes. she should be put somewhere else. Just I like agree. another she. What if right. I, the she? What? Well, we're gay. I'm not, but I'm in a girls' locker room making sexual comments. I should be put aside. You know, just just leave everybody alone. We're trying to be athletes. Period. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm keep
0: it keep I had an yourself. angle
1: to take on that but I'll let I'll let Rich continue with that with that story I'm sorry, Okay I had no, I got I, you're right I, I
0: haven't I have an angle here that I don't think has been approached yet so anyways what they've done is they've uh, they've changed everything at the school basically to accommodate this one person Because they don't want this person to feel ostracized, I guess, or have their feelings hurt or to separate them or to tell them, hey, you can't identify as a female. Whatever the the case is, they've changed how they do things at the school to accommodate this one person. Now, whether you agree with that or not is totally up up to you. And really, that's not the part of the story that that I want to get to. What I want to get to (laughs) is… Let's get to it then. Yeah, what I want to get to is this, okay? Now, say that person or a different person in the school said, listen, I'm vegan, and so now you guys do school menus every day and you have a full menu, all right? I want a vegan menu every day. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, the school has a salad bar or the school has French fries that are vegan. I want a vegan entree with vegan sides and I don't want it cooked on any equipment that has touched meat or dairy or cheese because I'm a vegan, and this is what I'm practicing and believe in. Mm-hmm. Now, would they accommodate that person? No. Now, Eric, you, you work think at Eric a school. Yeah, government. Eric works at a school. All right? He works at a high school. He, and so would they accommodate
1: that person? I'm going to say no, not because they right. don't want to. Not because they don't believe that you know there should be an option for um, vegan or anyone with any kind of different dietary needs, but simply cost, right? Like, how many people? If there was a huge, a large number of people in a school, say like uh, you know a quarter of it, maybe even like even if ten percent of the school population was vegan, then maybe it's a consideration. If it's a handful of students, I but think they not, probably just yeah. tell them pack your own lunch. I, I, we can't accommodate that. What is the
0: percentage of population that is transitioning genders? That's a good point too. Is it is it thirty seven percent?
1: Now the interesting thing about that is it Rich,
0: is it fifty is percent? It but there was is there, it, was, there was a is law it, though. Is it like one percent of one percent? Because here's I, I'm my gonna...
2: argument: I think that whether you're talking about gender and locker rooms or food, it's about cost when it in both cases when it comes to school. And it's about like cost and making things move along. You know, well, you I would think having
0: having a vegan option and a vegan menu is really simple.
2: No, but to, you know the problem is you then they'd have to prepare it, not knowing how many people would eat it, and then they'd end up wasting food, and okay, we don't want to see get, that
0: either. Get, it, it, get, it costs money. They they could take orders uh, ahead of time. I mean, this I I I think that there's a pretty mm-hmm. easy solution. How many people would like the vegan meal today? Is kind of like on an airline. You're gonna have to you know sign up for the for the vegan meal rather, or if you want the kosher meal. Because I'm guessing if someone needs a kosher meal, they could do the kosher meal. Or if someone wants a halal meal, they could do a halal meal. Why can't they do a vegan meal? Okay, what what I'm what I'm trying to get at is there is an accommodations being made for certain segments or certain groups or certain things, but why not for the vegans who by the way are mostly looked at as crazy people who don't deserve the same sort of accommodation? I
2: think maybe what they could do as a starting point would say like if they if whether it was an elementary school or a huge high school uh, Ask who's vegan. Who, do you really need this? and Do you really want this? And then they may have to cater it out. That would be cheaper. Than- are there
0: accommodations made for for yeah. nut allergies?
2: Sometimes.
0: Sometimes not. I, I know that there. Yeah, my my wife works in a school district, and they make they yeah. make accommodations for a kid that has a nut allergy. They're not allowed to bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to school because of it. All right. So I know that there's accommodations made for dietary needs. Why not vegan? Why can't it be? Because I'm guessing the answer is going to be just like you guys. There's instant pushback like, no, 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 can't do that.
1: No, no, no. We got to change our whole planning for the school year. Right, but why not? I I
2: understand. Well, Rich, I get it. And I wish, actually, you're right. I was just at my friend's, she's celebrating her birthday. They were having uh, catered Chinese food. Everything was meat. I wasn't eating with them. I just stopped by to drop off a gift. And I actually said what I was coming back to do. And I said, after they were done eating, I said, it's not good for you. No no matter how you have it, it's just not good for you. But I guess in my case, I go to work and there's no uh, cafeteria. Nobody's taking orders. Everybody there eats meat but me. Everybody there eats dairy but me, but I've been trying really hard to be vegan. So I pack a sandwich, I eat an apple, and I have nuts. And I guess you have to, I guess nuts is an issue with allergies, but you have to maybe accommodate yourself. And perhaps a school district or something like it could help a person who wants to be vegan or needs to be with that.
0: And why not? Because the argument always is that parents don't always have time to cook a meal for their kids or a couple of meals for their kids. So the schools provide this kind of stuff. Why can't they provide the vegan? Why can't they make the jump to say we can accommodate this segment of society, but not this segment of society? Because I'm telling you, there are more vegans than there are people transitioning. And so, yeah. why can't we make that jump? Why can't we make that accommodation? This is something that huh. I'm looking at. And I'm saying it's real easy for Rich. people to say, yep,
1: we got it. To- yeah, the, go the, ahead. The pushback, I think the pushback here is greater from the transgender community than from the vegan community. So, if there's a group of people that you know are hemming and hawing that there's no vegan options, then maybe it gets some attention. If there's, you know, and I think there's, there's a lot more sensitivity to gender identity and what we should do with locker rooms and bathrooms right. and all that, then there is vegan. I think that's, they're afraid of the pushback yeah. of like, well, what happens if we, we tell this one student, because there's a law in, in Vermont um, that says that they have to accommodate people who identify as transgender and all of that. Yeah. And so therefore yeah. they can't. They can't cool. send this person away. They have to send the whole team, which is stupid. I think anybody can look at that and say that makes no sense. But right, what right. what does the law say? And so that's why they're going that route. So. It, and yeah. then the
2: other thing, Rich. The other thing, Rich. I have to say about the food is, let's just say it would be actually nice to have like a school um, try this out, right, and do it well, like fifty percent, like just assume it. And see if they can get kids to eat some really appealing. All vegan right, California,
1: food. you're up. Here it is. Right,
2: exactly. Come on, we'll be reading about that next. Uh, but, but I think right now the unfortunate part is if if it were 15, which is decent, they might serve them some crap. I mean, I have to admit, I've ordered vegan at big events. I'm going to one tomorrow night. I didn't order the vegetarian or vegan because it. It's gross. Right. I'd rather. Are you going to get I'd quality rather, vegan
1: I'd, meals or no?
2: Right. That's the difference. And if you end up non, if you end up with gross vegan, then you're going to turn people away from the content. Although, Kids I mean, and there's a mind. pretty
1: gross being served as it is, so I don't know. Listen. That's Listen, true. It, it,
0: it. I I don't think it's it's that hard. If we can accommodate one thing, where we have to change an entire policy, and the school's got to move umpteenth girls around and do all of this, I, I think we can make a Dude, vegan let me meal tell on you, a daily
1: basis. As, so this, this was the this last spring was the first year I coached track and field, and you know towards the end of the season, it's you know we're talking about late May, and it gets warm out, and so you got guys who want to work out outside running around the track with their shirts off. Guess what? You can't because you're showing your nipples and the girls have to wear they they have to wear sports bra, they have to wear a shirt or something. No. I'm dead serious. Really? Oh yeah. And that obviously was not the case not what? that long ago. So, at least at my school, the guys have to wear a shirt or somehow cover their nipples and then they were asking me what do i do i'm like i don't care put on some tape and cover up your, like your nipples i'm not gonna but, yell at you for, oh my god for that, that okay. makes
2: me, it actually makes me mad
0: the actual hang-ups that we have about nudity in this country are also very freaking weird but that's I sexual that's about <laughs> the
2: identity thing right like yeah. women but we have breasts and you don't jesus <laughs> No. Nah. I mean, the runner in me is like, yeah, come
1: on, no. every guy,
2: and you get then the the men get the, the what do you call it? They the need to chafing wear...
1: and the short shorts. Yes, oh my god! Hey, yes. Let me tell you real quick. So <laughs> uh, when I was in cross country, <laughs> chafed nipples is a shoot. real thing. When I was in cross country running thing. and like you know it was hot, so we wear no shirt and short shorts, and the short shorts were basically just a liner and a very thin piece of fabric, and sometimes things fell out, and you know what? It's yes. just. That's what it is, and you just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anyone complaining, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, that's changed. You got to so. do
2: what you got to do. It's about the sport. I mean, that, if that's, you're going to sexualize the everything, reality. then that, sure,
1: whatever. Like. Yeah, well, yeah. I know
2: it's disappointing.
0: Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I, I think we've come to a conclusion. Maybe the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and I'm going to be the squeaky wheel, I guess, from now on um, and, and take this up. I'm going to see if, if my daughter can get a vegan meal in uh, in her school district, and we'll see how that ends up working out. Anyways, guys, we do have a guest coming up. Allison Osger is going to be with us. She is coming up next.
1: Welcome to she select. Selects. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seats and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast.
0: All right, our guest today is a registered dietitian who holds advanced training and expertise in whole food plant-based nutrition. She's an instructor at the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies, an author, a certified meditation and mindfulness teacher, a registered yoga teacher, and holds a Master of Health Science degree from St. Francis University, as well as a Master's in Teaching from Concordia University. Please welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast Allison Osger, Hello, Allison. Nice to meet you.
3: Hi, Rich. Nice to meet you as well.
0: Yeah, so glad to have you on today. You know, um, going through your bio and looking at, at all of that, seeing that you are from Arizona. Uh, I had a chance to live in Arizona for a while. In fact, uh, lived in Munns Park. I'm not sure if you know where that is, but it's uh, just below Flagstaff and right above Sedona. And I I, I kind of say it that way, and I, I think people in Arizona know what I'm talking about. So Flagstaff is like at about 7,500 feet, and Munns Park's at about 6,800 feet, and Sedona's around 4,000 feet. And although they're not far apart, like maybe 15 miles, you got to travel up and down, basically, um, on the interstate or through Oak Creek. But Arizona, where, where you are from, is a different Kind of place. I, I actually finally had the chance to go through Tucson back in March, um, and got talked into an in EGS, uh, which I think people <laughs> from Tucson know, and nobody else knows what EGS is. Um, and because uh, because my son plays college baseball, we, we we were there for a tournament. But Arizona, and especially like where I was at in Sedona, and the Red Rocks and stuff. It seems like there's a real connection there between Arizonans and the land that they're on and some sort of spirituality. Is that true or am I off the mark on that? Yeah, no,
3: you are. Yeah, there's a very big healing power of the desert. So whether that's Sedona or some of the land down here in Tucson or even closer to the, the Mexico border, um, yeah, it's a very healing place. In a very hot place it is as well,
0: but yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely hot you know and people always say well it's a dry heat yeah it's still hot um, you know <laughs> heat is still heat an oven is dry heat too sure. and it gets pretty hot in there so um, let's let, let's talk about you a little bit uh, and some of your your background you were learning uh, about nutrition at Western Michigan University which by the way for people that don't know is in Kalamazoo which seems like a million miles away from Arizona if you've ever <laughs> been to to, to both place, places talk about about your experiences there because it seemed like you learned a lot, but not what you're teaching and preaching now. You didn't get a whole lot of that, did you?
3: Yeah, no. I So I, I have to say, I grew up in Arizona. Um, at the time when I was trying to figure out my major, I had a, a high school sweetheart, and we decided to move to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he actually was a, a radio DJ. So that's how I wound up um, close to, to Kalamazoo and finished my degree there. And so really learned nothing. That was back in the late 90s. So even the talk of vegetarian vegan diets was very very sparse we really didn't know much there was no term whole food plant based or anything in that realm so that you know was was the traditional training like dietitians or physicians or nurses we go through and so you know it's interesting now cuz a lot of dietitians will ask me or dietitian students like how how can i just do plant based if you can't you have to go through the motions learn what the academy wants you to learn and then you can branch out and do what you want so that was really, you know, my my introduction, and it was a, a dietitian teacher professor that I had at Michigan that she worked for Kellogg's, and so that is what really kind of prompted me into going to the nutrition field, and um, you know, it really wasn't until 2010 that I started specializing in, in whole food plant based nutrition, so that really just changed everything that I knew as a dietitian in the traditional training.
0: I am a former radio DJ, too, so i got to ask, is that <laughs> is, is that uh, that boyfriend still in your life? Is he still a radio DJ? How, how did that I mean, all I work out? He's a
3: ra- I think he's still working as a radio DJ in, in Rockford, Illinois. But when he was in Grand okay. Rapids, there was a, a new station called Young Country, 96.1 Young Country in the late 90s, and then um, subsequently B93, which is a big country station in, in uh, Grand Rapids. So, um, no, he's no longer in my life. We, we are friends on Facebook. but
0: <laughs> Okay, if that's all. We No, I I traded him in in
3: for a physician, a neuroradiologist. So there you go. Now I've moved on. That's (laughs) that's
0: definitely a step up and definitely a step up in income. Radio DJs (laughs) don't make a lot of money. So uh, a, a good job by you. So, so you talk about 2010, 2010 was what was a big year for you. You had what you call a nutritional awakening. So this nutritional awakening, how did this come about? How did you get to that spot?
3: yeah i so i had just read the china study uh for continuing education credits uh, that prompted it at the time i was living in vancouver washington which is right on the border of washington and oregon and i was working at a local health club a small health club so i was the dietitian and i had a team of about 10 personal trainers and so i would read the china study and this was close to january of 2010 and i said to the team i said let's try this plant-based thing for 30 days now interestingly enough one of the trainers that i'd worked for for many years he was vegan since like high school um, and so he said, yeah, I'll help you guys. And you guys should do this as a team. So uh, we we did it. I did it. I did it for the full 30 days. I had some trainers that did it, went off, came back. And um, so that's what really sparked it at the time. And so I tried it twenty ten, January of 2020, 2010 and then never looked back. And so at the time I was doing a lot of half marathons. So I found my recovery time was better, um, sleeping better, just felt better in general. I didn't have any weight to lose, but just really seemed to improve my health overall. And that's what sparked it. And that is then what put me on this mission to further this. And so in 2012, I started working for the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. And then um, just this past uh, couple of months ago, I was uh, promoted to director of wellness programs. So now I've moved out of the instructor role and I'm, I'm doing wellness programming, which is really making more programs and initiatives and carrying our message out there even further. Um, because our work is never done. I mean, even 12 years into it, there's still so much to do. And I, you know, I have the privilege too of working at Miraval Arizona, which is a big wellness resort here in Tucson. And even then, there are still a lot of people who hadn't really heard of it. Some people think, well, this is just another fad. And I'm like, it's not a fad. This is here to stay. It's here to stay for a very, very long time. We just need to get the right education out there on what exactly is a whole food plant-based diet versus just plant-based. So um, it's been really exciting and really rewarding. And so that is, is my mission to just keep carrying this forward and you know, really get it out there for, for everybody.
0: Before we define what whole food plant-based is, because I'm not sure everybody knows, I try to talk about it, but I I don't think everybody quite gets it. And before we talk about the actual benefits and and what I believe is the science behind it uh, more more than anything else, uh, you bring up T. Colin Campbell, who I find absolutely fascinating. So here was a man who grew up on a dairy farm who is setting out to prove that dairy proteins and animal proteins would save the world? He goes to the Philippines where there are people starving and comes to a different realization as he's going through his studies. And then by the time he does the China study, um, where he ends up, you know, working um in, in the 70s over there uh on that project, all of a sudden all this data comes in and T. Colin Campbell is like, whoa. You know, I got, I got a, a choice basically to make here is, you know, here's what I set out to do, but the science led me somewhere else. And he had the courage and conviction to go to a place where the science led him, despite the fact that most people, most nutritionists were dead set against, I think, what, what, what he was driving at. Um, so when you work for the T. Colin Campbell, um, you know, a center for studies and, uh, for, for nutrition studies, How does that story come along? Is it something that um, you you end up being taught? Is it something that you carry with you? Because for me, it's very inspirational because it it really shows that, you know, here's someone that can have an open mind who set out to, to do something else. And it goes into this direction because he was open minded enough to say, hey, this is where the science is leading me.
3: Yeah, yeah. We cover a lot of that in the course. So the six week course that we do, um, you know, really designed with the science behind it. It's approved for doctors and nurses, dietitians. So the science is, is very much there. And we do share Dr. Campbell's story. And it's, it's so much more than just the China study. We don't want to just put the China study out on, on the six week course. Um, it goes way beyond that. And, and I think, too, with the new additions that we've done, it's pulling in a lot of pieces of lifestyle medicine which is a, another big area that I'm, I'm really trying to, to pull in and, and branch into. Because I always tell my, my clients this, I would say, it doesn't really matter how well you eat, how are the other pieces in your life, right? How's your stress? How's your sleep? How's your relationships with other people? So, you know, that is a big piece, but yeah, everything Dr. Campbell does, is is just, it's amazing his work. I remember the first time I met him. So when I started working for the organization in 2012, we went to Ithaca for a retreat with just the instructors. And it was amazing. We were in this small little group, six instructors and Dr. Campbell, and I was just sitting there like in awe, like. I can't believe this. This is like this big mentor, you know, that I'm, I'm meeting. And so, um, he's so inspiring and he just, it's just amazing. His story that that's really what brings it to, to fruition is, you know, he, like I said, he grew up on the dairy farm and wow, look where he is now, you know, totally opposite mm-hmm. calling it that, you know, um, you know, against the dairy and, and everything else. So it's amazing. It really is. And, and that's what keeps inspiring me and, you know, and people like you and, and your listeners.
0: Absolutely, you know, you, you talk about you know having I I, I call it like a, a kind of a holistic approach. I think though people will hear holistic and they think oh it means weird teas and patchouli <laughs> and you know and they, they 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 don't quite understand. To me, it means like body, mind, soul. I mean, it's physical, mental, spiritual, all working together. Um, so one of the things that that I talk about that you actually um you know teach as well is mindfulness meditation, and um I. I really believe that out of anything in my whole life that has had a profound effect, and that includes switching to to, to a plant-based diet and, um, you know, at times a whole food plant-based diet, meditation has had such a profound effect on me, and it's mostly just... 15 minutes a day of taking time for myself and maybe doing a body scan or just figuring out my energy and, and how that impacts others. Um, talk, if you could, a little bit about this this kind of holistic approach. I don't know if, if, if I want to define it as that so much, but um, I mean, physical, mental, spiritual, they all got to kind of work together, don't they?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Campbell terms it really the coin holism. You know, he has a, his, okay. another term that he has kind of put out there to the world is is holism, because it really is. We, we need to think about that. And meditation is so beautiful. I did a teacher training in Sedona, incidentally, uh, in Sedona many years ago. And so it really brings us into that present moment. And so that is the, the most important part because we can't correct the past. We can't do anything about the past. We can't do anything about the future. All we have is right here, right now. And so being in that present moment makes a really big difference. And we know it changes the landscape of the brain. We call it neuroplasticity. And so that, that it pieces is, and that's why when I, when I talk about lifestyle, it's the term lifestyle medicine is what the American College of Lifestyle Medicine calls it. I call it lifestyle wellness, um, just cause that makes it less medicine-y or, or clinical sounding. And so it really is bringing in all of those pillars for complete health. So, and you may know people like this. I, I know people who exercise like crazy, and then they're like, "Well, I can eat whatever I want because I exercise." Or people who eat really, really well, but then they don't move their body, and they, you know, they don't like their job or they don't like their spouse. And so, really, for complete wellness, it needs to be. And the mindful piece is so important, especially now with you know the anxiety is up, the depression, suicide, everything that happened during the COVID when in twenty twenty when COVID first started. There's a lot of people that are, are really suffering. And, you know, I think now they're, they're going to screen people for anxiety. I heard that in the news yesterday. So that med- meditation and mindfulness piece just brings us back to that central piece. The body scan, as you said, or mantra or, or whatever it is, is your vehicle to, you know, to keep your mind focused. And it's, it doesn't take much, 10, 15 minutes, like you said. It really is not a big time commitment. But the benefits yeah. are. I mean, are it,
0: it, it's hard. I don't want to tell people that it's easy. I, I, I think it's simple, but it's not easy. And there, there is a difference between those two words because you really almost you, you, you got to train yourself to be present because right away you, your mind starts thinking, okay, here's all the things that I got to do today. Or, you know, Here, here's something I did yesterday and I screwed up on that and I, I got to fix that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to kind of rein it back in. And you do have to kind of forgive yourself, especially early on for letting that happen and let those thoughts kind of float away because it's only natural. It's how you've been trained to do it for every day of your life. Um, And so, but I I absolutely love it. My wife noticed it in my used to be road rage. I used to have terrible road rage and, you know, growing up in in Chicago and learning to drive there, I think a lot of people have road rage. And what, what the meditation did for me is all of a sudden I know that I could always go back to that place where I'm calm and present. By just changing my breathing. And just by doing that, all of a sudden, I mean, there's a peacefulness that that comes over me. It's like, Okay, I'm okay. I'm centered. Nothing happened here. There's no reason to, to, to get crazy. And it, it's wonderful for me, because it, it actually works um, in, in so many different uh, facets of my life. So yeah, um, and that I love non-judgmental, that yeah.
3: judgmental, non judgmental peace yeah. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can't, you can't criticize you can't, it's non judgmental, non judgmental present moment awareness. So yeah,
0: it's it, it's really good. So, OK, so we, we keep bringing up whole food, plant-based, whole food, plant-based. What does whole food, plant-based mean? Because I think people can kind of get plant-based and they understand plant-based means, um, you know, no dairy, no meat, no poultry, no fish. Yeah, they they, they talk about all the things that they have to sacrifice um, rather mm-hmm. than what they're actually gaining. This is how they they'll, they usually looked at it. But I think they understand plant-based, whole food, plant-based means what, Allison? Yeah,
3: that means it's it's coming from really the natural source, the way nature intended it so we are not seeing a lot of the ultra processed foods because as you know there's a lot of new products coming out there that are are touting as plant-based and yes they may be made from uh, plant fragments but they are no longer a whole food. They've been um, kind of milled down and ultra processed and added things to it. And sometimes they're adding ingredients to it that we're not even familiar with. Like they're considered GRAS, generally recognized as safe through the FDA. And so if it's not, I mean, a whole food would be something like lentils, right? Or if we make a a black bean patty that has black beans, quinoa, uh, garlic, onions, as opposed to some of the, the you know, pseudo burgers that are out there. So that's a very big distinction that I like to make. And and when we look through the ingredient list and some foods that don't even have an ingredient list is even better, right? Or have a food label. They're foods the way nature intended them. And so, again, they're not they're not processed and milled down. I mean, even things like olive oil is, is processed, right? We're not eating it in its whole form like the olives. So those are things that we want to think about. And I, in my opinion, really, the last 12 years, the whole food part has really kind of dropped off a little bit. And now I'm just seeing more plant based, plant based, plant based. So we really want to be clear, too, that it's not to be confused with a vegan diet. And to me, I don't even consider vegan a diet. I consider it a lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. The the people that subscribe to that they usually don't wear leather or cosmetics tested on animals it's a whole lifestyle piece, and one of the things that I like to say with with vegan it's vegans like being pregnant Whether you're either pregnant or you're not there's nowhere in between if you've met vegan people they're very passionate about it with whole food plant based I really encourage people to start where they are and I meet them where they are so meaning somebody may not go a hundred percent tomorrow and that is okay. If I can get them from the standard American diet, which, you know, is the the absolute worst, move them down that path. And even if that means 80 percent, 90 percent, 70 percent, getting them close to that 100 percent is the goal or to get them to 100 percent. But again, I have to meet people where they're at. And that in and of itself is the freedom and flexibility piece that get more people to adhere to it. Because a lot of people will come into my classes and they'll say, well, I thought it was an all or nothing. And, you know, some people, that's how their personality is, all or nothing. So, no, even if you get 60, 70, 80 percent, we are so much better than where we were yesterday. And you will start to see improvements. So
0: Amso- yeah, absolutely, that,
3: that is an important piece, I think, that that people need to understand that we're walking down this beautiful trail. We're going to get to that 100 percent, but you can do it on your own time and your own pace because um, a lot of people so- put a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, so, so we've actually defined what it is then. So what are the benefits? Um, because, you know, I, I think a lot of people are always, you know, okay, if I'm going to put time and effort and money into this, what am I getting out of it? Okay, that, that's great. Um, what, what are the benefits from a whole food plant-based diet?
3: Yeah, you know, one thing that I think is very important for a lot of people is the weight loss piece, the effortless weight loss piece. Because a lot of people I see, that's the one reason they see me. I'm here to see you for weight loss. And I said, well, my goal for you is to gain health. Because when you gain health, you will achieve a healthy weight. And that's different for everybody. Um, You know, and I also think that there's a lot of other pieces because we're going to see a decrease in body inflammation or chronic inflammation, right? Because of the high antioxidant fiber and phytonutrient content we're getting in plants. So that's a big piece. So they're going to feel less um, kind of aches and pains and maybe the arthritis piece. Another big piece is the medications. So I have had clients, everybody that I see that's on a statin, I say, my goal for you is to get off that statin. And then they kind of pause and they say, well, you think so? I think that's possible. I'm like, well, anything's possible. We're going to work with your healthcare care provider and we're going to see what we can do with that. But getting off medications is a big piece. And, and that in and of itself, there's people that are on handfuls of medication and they don't want to be on that. And a lot of them don't need to be if we can correct the lifestyle pieces. So that is an important piece. It'll then tie in with a better gut microbiome. And if you're familiar with the gut microbiome, we know that that's where the immune system lives or inflammation, Um, we can subside the inflammation from that. It also makes us feel good, right? Our feel good neurotransmitters, our serotonin, our dopamine is produced in the gut. And so feeding it with the plant foods and and one of the biggest things to feed your gut is fiber. And where do we get fiber? Plant foods, only plant foods. We don't get any fiber from animal-based foods at all. So there are so many benefits. And and this is the, the important piece. When you get people to try it for a little while, at first, maybe they may not feel so well, or they may be more gas, more bloating. But once that subsides and they really start to feel better, maybe a clearer mind, or they're sleeping better, that is where you can capture them and then they're more likely to adhere and stay on it. Because, you know, everybody wants to know what's in it for me. Why should I do this? I'm putting this, mm-hmm. like you said, this work and this time. What am I gonna get? Well, well, I'm gonna maybe, you know, achieve a healthy weight, I'm gonna go off my medications, I feel better, less risk of chronic disease. And that's, you know, the majority of people that I feel we work with are are kind of middle aged, so they're at this point where they're like, okay. And I and I think COVID on a, on a on a positive note with that, that really opened up people's eyes to prevention. And so now people are starting to really put a a, a kind of a a connection with what I eat. How come I got COVID and this person didn't? And we were in the same house and we didn't social distance. And so COVID has been really interesting to see how important the immune system is. And we know what feeds the immune system. It's whole foods, whole plant-based foods, not ultra-processed foods, especially. If there's one category I will completely throw under the bus and that's going to be those ultra-processed foods. The ones that have the artificial colors and dyes and monosodium glutamate and sodium hexametaphosphate, there's there's no room for those in the diet at all, at all. So that's that's one I can say without a doubt. There's no no science ever to back up sodium hexametaphosphate and you know titanium dioxide are healthy to ingest. <laughs>
0: these aren't found naturally. We, you know, I, I don't understand Alison. Um, so yeah, exactly. So you talk about people coming to you and, and a lot of times it's weight loss, what else drives people to say, you know what, Alison, I I need to get right. I I need to get well. What else besides weight loss brings them to you? I know for me, what actually brought me to going plant-based was I had multiple strokes in, in, in my life. Mm-hmm. I was not a well person, but no doctor ever said to me, oh, hey, maybe you should look at, at your diet. What they did say to me is, well, here's another pill and you could take that. And I was on a bunch of medications a, at the time. And they also said to me, these are all precursors for a major stroke, which is what you're probably going to have down the line. And I'm like, this is unacceptable. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm in my 40s. What am I doing wrong here? I don't want to leave my wife and kids. You know, I, I got to keep going here. And and so um, I, it led me to a path of finding another way and going the, 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 the plant-based nutrition route. And, and at most times, whole food plant-based has really helped me, I mean, immensely. Um, and, and to not only get off medications, but to be there and present and healthy for my wife and kids. So um, that's what drove me. Um, what do you find drives people to you um, to seek out wellness?
3: Yeah, the early early diagnosis of things, especially. And, and we know type 2 diabetes is one that we can reverse, right, with diet and lifestyle mm-hmm. changes. And so, you know, that is one piece. I was just talking to, to my trainer about, the personal trainer about this yesterday. I said, you know, interestingly, during the whole COVID piece, we really didn't emphasize diet, sleep, exercise, all that. In fact, we took a lot of that away, right? You can't go to the gym. Some places, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't go outside very long. The foods that were very comfort foods just flew off the shelves. So, you know, I think that that piece, I think, is important too because a lot of people are. They're being diagnosed with things like very rare autoimmune diseases, and they see a family history. So that's another big piece. I'll see people who say, well, my, my father had, you know, heart disease or diabetes or all that, and so it's it's just genetic. And I'm like... It's not genetic. It's driven by lifestyle. So there's a, a quote that I, I use in my PowerPoints, and it says, you know, it's not that diabetes runs in your family. It's that no one runs in your family. And so <laughs> the, the key with that, I didn't make it. I didn't, I didn't write that. Somebody else wrote it, but I use it as a slide. And the important thing is, is not to, to blame the victim or to blame the patient. What it is is saying that the lifestyle that we grew up in, if we grew up um, eating very poor choices of foods and... Um, you know, we carry that into our adulthood. So we have to make a conscious effort to say, okay, these foods I grew up with because of my culture or because of my uh, socioeconomic status, we have to break that chain because we may see obese parents and we see obese kids, but it's not a genetic thing. It's the choices of what we're putting into our mouth. And, and the fact, here's what, what saddens me the most, is that, you know, as I said, the neuroradiologist, he had a 500 pound patient, a 26 year old 500 pound patient so the fact that we have people or patients that have reached that much weight is telling us that there's a huge issue. And we know that there's 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 a lot of pieces. There's there's like a you know trauma and all these other pieces that we can pull into it. But food is a big driver and food is one of those things that really uh, acts in the pleasure center of the brain. You know you know Dr. Doug Lyle and his work and and he know and he says as humans we want the most amount of pleasure with the least amount of effort. So if we know going to the freezer and taking that pint off of your, you know, Ben and Jerry's, it's a lot of pleasure, but it's a lot, you know, not a lot of effort that goes into it. So food is one of those things that people tend to fall back into so easily. So to answer your, to your original question was, yeah, it's, it's the chronic diseases and diseases popping up that that's motivating people as well. Which, you, you brought know. up
0: some some really good points. So, Allison, like, like my dad, you know, he's the oldest living male that's ever lived in our family. He's made it to the ripe old age of 71. But he talks about all the time about how his dad and his grandfather ate bacon every day and eggs every day, and that's what they did. And my question was, how old did they live? I mean, my, my grandfather was the oldest male in our family. He lived till 61. Um, and he was the oldest at the time. My dad has only surpassed him because he's had uh, a lot of heart surgeries. He's had bypass. He had, had uh, a pacemaker put in. He's had, you know. I mean, they're they're keeping him alive despite of the choices that he's making. So we we talk about this, but my dad, he, he just won't he won't give it up. He's not he's not no. going to do it. The other thing you, you brought up uh, because the, I I think it's it's cognitive dissonance more than, more than anything else. You, you, during COVID, I was actually at, at the time I was a district manager for Arby's. Um, that was my job. I was a a plant-based person. I wasn't plant-based when I started with Arby's. I became plant-based during my, my time with Arby's. I was plant-based working for Arby's, the, the company that says we have the meats. And they also have everything as processed as you could possibly imagine, um, you know, like every other fast food place does. But we were deemed essential. Now, my argument always was during COVID, we are probably the least essential people that are out there because what the message should be is hey why don't we all lose some weight why don't we eat better why don't we get our immune systems better why don't we sleep more i never understood why wasn't that the message during covid rather than oh the fast food people are the essential people let's keep all of that open where is the disconnect there allison
3: Yeah, you know, I think the disconnect is, is really in the money, right? Because Mm. we know that, that Arby's and a lot of our fast food places, Chick-fil-A, I remember, you know, driving by Chick-fil-A and there's two drive-throughs wrapped around, you know, the building. Mm. And so, and whether it's our, our large food manufacturers, they have a lot of push and they have a lot of pull. And don't forget, all of those foods are what we call hyper palatable. They make those foods hyper palatable, so you will crave them, and they taste good, and they feel good, and they're you know a- essentially acting on that pleasure center of the brain. So, and then they do a lot of advertising. Every commercial is either yes, Arby's five for you know ten dollars, uh, or there's a drug commercial, right? Every other commercial, drug mm-hmm. commercial, or or that because that's where the that's where the money is. And they, well, they do you, you need habits. the
0: drugs after eating at Arby's, otherwise, you know, you're not going to be able to stay alive. I mean, it, it does work hand in hand. You're, you're exactly right, um, you know, on all that. So so my my, my, my question then is, too, you're out there and, and you're pushing it, you're educating people, you're you're creating programs to educate people. Tell us, how, how do we educate people um, overall to get it more mainstream? Because even at the eighth grade level where my daughter was last year, they were teaching about nutrition in class. She brings home. You know all all of her projects she's working on, and she's talking about proteins, and the only thing that they list are animals. And for me, it drives me nuts. I'm like, there's protein in vegetables, there's protein in fruits, there's proteins in legumes, there's proteins in nuts and seeds, and I'm like, like wait, why are they only listing animals? I mean, it, it. Got my dander up enough to talk to the principal of the school <laughs> and want them to change the curriculum um, because I, I I think it's ridiculous. How do we start teaching it? How do we get it more um, I, I guess pervasive or at a, at at a younger level so that that even kids understand because I think that's where it all starts. For me, it started when they started teaching kids about seatbelts. Um, you know, make sure you wear your seatbelt, and then I taught my parents to wear seatbelts. As, as why or how do we get it to the kids and get it in, into the curriculum? How do we, we expand that, Allison, and find programs where we, we could teach people better?
3: Yeah. And so um, when you were reading off my credentials there, so part of it, I did teach middle school and high school health for a while up in um, Mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon. And so when I looked at the the curriculum that the health teachers taught, a lot of it is, you know, given stuff by the dairy industry. And it's the same, not, it's not a food pyramid anymore, but it's still that same mindset. Well, we've always done this. And how can you say milk is bad? When I first went plant-based, my husband's like, what do you mean? How? What do you mean milk is bad? How is that bad or dairy is bad? So I think it's the same curriculum that we keep pushing over and over. So as you can imagine, when I was teaching middle school and high school health, you can imagine what that nutrition curriculum was. Mm -hmm. A, coming in as a dietitian and B, coming in as as a plant-based expert. Um, And the kids were very interested. They were very fascinated, not so much for their health piece, more for the animal piece. So that's the thing with younger kids. They're like, oh, we're going to save the, the cows and the chickens. And, you know, but that's okay. If we pull them in just for that reason, that's, that's totally fine. So I think it's just getting the education piece out there. And so, you know, I would love to just set up something just to work with teachers, health teachers specifically, because that having been in a classroom and taught, man, that is the hardest job ever ever working with 7th, 8th, and ninth graders. And so the teachers really need to do their own self-care. So my thought is if we can educate the teachers on self-care and how they can feel better, hence a whole food plant-based diet, then they're going to be more likely to talk to their children about it. Just like our, our doctors, right? If they're following it, they're going to talk to their patients about it. Doctors who exercise are more likely to talk to their patients about it. So the piece, I think, is really getting into the, the, the teachers and you know that that that's hard because a lot of you know courses online are quite expensive you know because they're designed for healthcare providers but that would be an area that's going to be i think one of my initiatives too that I'm doing as the wellness director is really to try to reach that 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 population is going to be teachers i mean healthcare providers yes but there's a lot of groups out there reaching healthcare providers but teachers are so 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 essential
0: um, Absolutely.
3: So I think that's the piece is to get them to subscribe to it themselves and be more likely to talk about it. Although it's interesting. I had a physician in my, my class last week at the resort and she said she doesn't follow a whole food plant based diet. She eats more of the Mediterranean anti-inflammatory diet. She said, but I tell all my patients they should eat whole food plant based. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's good. You're telling your patients and she's eating healthy, of course, but Again, I think it's just getting the, the, the educator to go out and, and really do that. And some of the schools are. Some of the schools, you know, are trying to do more plant-based options. They're bringing in soy milk and, and on, you know, our plant milk alternatives. But dairy, don't forget, growing up, remember, we had to put a carton of milk on our tray. Mm-hmm. We were, you yeah. know, you live in Wisconsin. So, you know, again, we had to take that milk. And it's like, why? Why have we we've pushed it so hard? And the dairy industry is is really the first to, to be frontline with dietitians. I mean, I used to get tons of free stuff in the mail from the dairy industry. Here you go. Here's education tools for your patients and your clients. And um, they they're the, the, ad, the advertising piece is very big. And that's one thing that that we need to think about is the power of advertising. So whether it's drugs or, you know, uh, the fast food restaurants, but those organizations like the dairy industry or the meat industry and, you know, you know, the, the commercials, you know, pork, the other white meat. And so
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's hard. And, the and the, you know, because we don't see a lot of commercials for kale and, you know, you know mm-hmm. quinoa and, and all of our ancient grains and stuff so you know that's that's the piece it's just it's just getting more people out there and, and one of the things we do with you within our organization is we send we educate people and then send them out there into their area go out in your community and educate we do a, have a group called whole communities which is part of what we do with the center um, and it's getting people on the ground and teaching so whether it's in the schools or the lower income neighborhoods or you know food banks whatever just getting people out there and educate educate that's all we can do is just keep giving the education piece
0: absolutely you know we are behind the cheddar curtain i call it here in wisconsin Mm -hmm. and the dairy industry is ubiquitous um to the point where i mean they do force it on the kids my wife is a teacher um and teaches in kindergarten and so they they try to force it and in fact the teacher she was working with is telling you know all the kids at lunchtime make sure you drink your milk it's good for your bones and you know all of this and my wife had to actually talk to her and say you might want to do some research on this you know you might want to read some things that teacher came back i i give her all the credit in the world, came back, told my wife the next day, I'm not pushing milk anymore. Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I just think it's, it's just getting that word out there. Like you said, more and more, you know, one way you do, I, I mentioned it off the top. You're an author. You had a, a book come out. It's about 10 years ago, a uh, go beyond good. You got another book coming out called wellness warrior, Bridge the gap for me. What has what changed between that book to this book? You have ten more years of experience, ten more years of education. Um, tell me, what's, what, what's the difference now? How have yeah. you evolved?
3: The, the big piece with uh, bringing in the, the wellness piece, the wellness warrior piece is going to be the, the lifestyle wellness piece. So bringing in the sleep, mm. the stress, because since then, I've had all these other um, you know credentials added to my name. And so bringing in those pieces to making it one complete uh, package so to speak, because that one focused more. I, I wrote that, co-authored that with one of the trainers. In fact, it was the trainer who is vegan since a teenager, the guy at the gym, the trainer. Um, we co-authored that together. So he did the fitness part. I did the nutrition part. So a lot of the pieces is still adhere, here, which is great, because that's one thing is the consistency piece with this. The same thing I said 10 years ago is the same thing I'm saying now. The power nutrients, the fiber, everything. And all I'm seeing it doing now is just being amplified like, wow, I said that 10 years ago, or you know, Dr. So-and-so said that 10 years ago. So it's just really a kind of an enhancement of that, but pulling in those other essential pieces. And so one of the things I did last year, I, I left my job at the resort and I went down to the Arizona-Mexico border in a town called Huachuca City, near Fort Huachuca, mm-hmm. which is the military base. And I did an eight-week wellness series. Uh, mostly, it was, uh, it was mostly senior citizens in there, low-income senior citizens. And I did it, a solid eight-week uh, lifestyle medicine, lifestyle wellness course. So each week we'd focus on something different. So that is, is really what the, the book is based on. And now I'm pulling it in and we're teaching it online and with Dr. Campbell's organization in about another week. But pulling in all of those pieces, because, again, it's not just about the nutrition. I wish I could say it was just about the nutrition, but you have to have all of those pieces. And I'm the first to tell everybody in my class, look, this is hard work. This is work. It's not easy. If it was, America would be the healthiest country and we'd have the healthiest weights and everything, but we're not. We're a very sick nation. So you have to pull in all of these pieces. And I I think people are receptive. They're they're scared and they're nervous because they feel very overwhelmed. So the key piece is just walking them through this. Here's, Here's how we're going to do this. And I'll tell you another important piece is really to have a support system. So we didn't talk about that too much in the other book, but really having a team in the blue zones, they call it find the right tribe. So find those people that build you up, people that support you. I mean, they don't necessarily, and, and like-minded in terms of they all want to achieve health. They say that people's health um, habits emulate who they hang around with most. You've probably heard this. Mm. So mm. if you're hanging around a lot of people who are eating at Arby's and doing all that and have you know obesity and they're not exercising it's going to be really hard for you to be the outlier and say, "Okay, I'm going to be doing all of this." So find the right tribe, as, as the Blue Zones say. That's really important because we need we need people to to support us. We don't want to feel alone or or, or lost or like you know. Absolutely. We don't
0: have that. Hey, so Allison, if people want to. Yeah, I cool. was going to
3: say one more thing. I want to thank you for the work you're doing because, as you said, how do we get this out there? We get this out there with people like you and then the, your organization and all these other organizations. That's how we get it out there. So,
0: yeah, thank, thank you. Me. You know, I, I've been fighting and fighting a different battle. Like I'm just trying to convince some men to do this because there's such propaganda to men to eat at Arby's and to eat steaks and to eat ribs and you know because real men eat meat and you know that's a, we're called real men. Well, eat you, plants you, you for know a how reason. to get
3: the I, I'll tell you how to get the men to do this because I see this every week when I teach my plant based class at the resort. Every man that comes into my class, I always find out what brought them there, and whatnot. Everyone that's come in there said they've seen the game changers. So, you know, in the mm-hmm. game changers, when we're talking about blood flow,
0: that's what got me. I'll tell Allison, you that, it did. Yeah. It hit me where I is, lived. Yep.
3: <laughs> that is the key piece to pulling mm-hmm. all of these men in because I tell them, look, if you're not getting proper blood flow, to, you know, that, the, that region down there, um, you're not getting proper blood flow. We say, we say
0: penis here. It's okay. Penis,
3: yeah, okay. You know, I taught sex ed to teenagers. Yep. So there's nothing that's, <laughs> that I can't say anymore. I'll tell you that. But mm-hmm. I say, you know, if, if the blood can't flow to the penis, then it can't get to the heart and it can't get to the brain. And if it can't get to the brain and can't get to the heart, that's a stroke. That's death. So the yep. we really yep. need to investigate the underlying cause. It's not just about that, but the majority of men that come to the class, they don't come out and say it, but I know that's why they're there. So using that blood flow connection, erectile dysfunction piece, that's how I've been able to capture all these men, I feel like, in, in my classes. So and you know, they're Absolutely. kind of put it like you, you know, put out like, oh, okay, we're gonna talk about blood flow and you know. <laughs> Erections and stuff. (laughs) Like, no, I I said it really is important because we're talking about the brain and the Mm -hmm. heart and that stroke and death. I mean, that's essential. So um, that's how I pull in the men on this piece. So. There you go. (laughs)
0: It's a great way to to, to do it. Hit them where they live uh, for sure. So um, listen, if if people want to know more and they want to find you and uh, whether it's online or social media, uh, how how can people do that, Allison?
3: Yeah, so nutritionstudies.org. That's our our one through Dr. Campbell's organization. And then from there, you're going to see the the classes that we're doing. Uh, I do have my own website, Allison Osberg. It's my name, AllisonOsberg.com. Um, but really, everything that I'm doing right now is, is through the center. And I'm super excited because we have our first retreat coming up. You probably saw this October 31st in Tucson. So come to Tucson if you want, Rich. Um, Dr. <laughs> Campbell will be here live. So I'm going to be doing wow. retreats next year. I'm going to be doing online courses. So as uh, there's a lot of things that are, are are coming to fruition, which I'm very excited about because having been with this organization for 10 years, there's so much that I want to do. So the retreat is the first big one here in Tucson, and that'll be a whole week of, of nutrition and, and lifestyle wellness. So, um, yeah, so either those two, nutritionstudies.org or alisonosgar.com.
0: Love it and love the work you're doing and, and love Tucson too. Yeah. By the way, we, we toured the University of Arizona campus, beautiful down Ooh. there as well. So, yeah, I mean, some some excellent stuff uh, down there in Arizona and Tucson, and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Allison, great job. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Rich. Take care.
0: All right. If you've ever wanted to show off your plant-based lifestyle and do it in style, here's your chance. We have some of the most amazing t-shirts, hats, accessories, coffee mugs, and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com. We have statement t-shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face. I love the, I want tofu tonight tea. Plus we have podcast teas, real women eat plants gear, real kids eat plants and real people eat plants. Just in case men, women, and kids didn't cover it all. Yeah, we love you and love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours. Again, check out our high quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy all right here at the real men eat plants podcast we need your help and so does paul's party being a brand new podcast just trying to get its footing we are asking that you help support our pod by going to our podcast page at realmeneplants.com slash podcast and click the support button when you do not only are you helping us get our feet on the ground you are helping to support paul's party a 501.c charity that raises money to help kids with physical disabilities get equipment to have some fun in their lives two great causes one easy support button again please find us at Plants.com slash podcast or on patreon when you type real men eat plants into the search bar thanks for your support and for helping paul's party she's a mom with vegetables
3: she's so delectable the cows and pigs she set them free can't you see she's a hot chickpea veggie stew just for you sit on down there's these are two She's a mom with vegetables, she's so delectable, cows and pigs, she set the free, can't you see, she's a hot chick, chickpea,
0: veggie stew, just for due, sit on down, there's dessert too. Yes, yes, yes. It is the funnest part of the show. Is funnest the word or funnest. is it most fun or it's most fun? Um, it's most fun. Yeah. Love you. Yes. It is the part of the show where we are most jokend. Is that a J-O-C-U-N-D? Jokend. We're jokingly enjoying each other's company because it is time for Sarah's News. Take it away, Miss Carlson.
2: Okay, so who wants a vegan filet mignon? Now, when I first read this story, I kind of gagged, but I got into it and thought, all right, I'll try. That's usually how it goes, right? I told you guys (laughs) I've been to events where if you pick the vegetarian option, it's gross. This might eventually really actually taste like something. So Impossible Foods, filet mignon, is making the leap to whole cuts. They're talking about cuts of meat. Now, they need to make it affordable, of course, but now- At the recent MIT Technology Reviews Climate Tech Conference, that was a long sentence. That is, Um, wow. They're revealing that Impossible has a filet mignon prototype in the works. They're testing this out. They're making major progress with it. Um, They say it may be a little while. They're not releasing the plant-based steak until it can compete with the animal counterpart. Now, much like Impossible Burger and and other, it, it really does compete. Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I don't mean, but people will say it's pretty damn close. So they're waiting for every single part. They tested a vegan steak, um, unveiling this impossible burger at some point in 2019. So the, the gig is the impossible meat people are that picky about what they want to release impossible burger hit it. Impossible Steak was like, oh, not quite. so
0: Yeah, texture I, is so difficult oh, yeah. to mimic. Taste is not. Mm-hmm. You can get the taste down. So Impossible Burgers, that, that, that even fooled my wife, and she's one hell of a I critic. Was, she yeah. thought, yeah. So Impossible Burgers tastes like friggin' hamburger. Um, getting yep. a steak is going to be really tough. My wife, though, made something over the weekend you would not believe. She made pepperoni. So I came home and she huh. was making plant-based pepperoni it's seitan mostly but she used like beets and a bunch of spices to make huh. it red and all of that and then put fennel seed in there and and, and what have you well as it turns out it damn well tastes like pepperoni is and the texture recipe, is really
2: is she close. Just sort of like working on this I know how to cook vegan? She did. Food.
0: She she used a recipe for this one. A lot of the stuff that, that she makes, she starts with a recipe and then she completely turns it into her own and she already has ideas now where she's like going to use this as a base but she's going to completely turn it into her own to even mimic pepperoni more. But we, we're putting it on like, you know, our own vegan pizzas with, you know, a whole wheat crust we make at home and then we're making them up in the air fryer which is really freaking cool and we got pepperoni pizza and it's
1: absolutely rich if you ever if you ever leave your wife i will slap you (laughs) she's over there making all sorts of shit for you to like you know give you a i think we'll just move in and have her food i mean okay moving on in the news (laughs) yes in
2: 2020 they did reveal a prototype for this um Highly, I'm sorry. A dairy identical, highly functioning milk. By the way, too. Okay. So Impossible. This, this brand is is kicking some some butt. So they are already had a little bit of a partnership with Taco Bell with the carne huh. asada on like a couple test locations. Yep, they've done They're that. They're releasing yep. this Beyond Steak hopefully within the next year. So is Beyond Meat, which is phenomenal. And I might have had that mixed up in terms. You know of what's great way- about
1: that though is like if you're gonna mimic a meat, Taco Bell's the least meaty meat you can get. So at least right. it's like the the bar is right set a not. little bit low.
0: Do you know what they use? By the way, as far as meat goes, they use what's called grade C beef. So you know what grade C means. So it is. So there's there's grade oh A. God, is I the, can't wait. Hold on, hold on. Grade <laughs> A is is the highest grade that you can have. So USDA grade A beef is the highest grade. And then, like black Angus falls into there. There is a grade B that's not often used, but there's a grade C, which is the last line before it's no longer edible for human consumption. And so, so is that like everything ingredients for
1: dog food and stuff.
0: Exactly, it would go to like pet foods and to like you know pig to feed pigs and you know stuff like that. Um, yeah, so grade C is the lowest awesome. that you can get. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know nothing. Not, nothing against the the fine, fine people over at Yum Brands, but um, yeah, that's that's. Right. that's well, I have to gross. tell my next
2: story <laughs> at least because I'm hoping I've got three, but the second one is my favorite because it involves our favorite <laughs> celebrity. It is Lizzo.
0: Lizzo! Ah. Right. Lizzo man,
2: I swear to God, I haven't been around with you two in a while. I've missed you to death. <laughs> and I went looking for news and she popped up. Oh, I, I really we do love Lizzo. always talk a lot of
0: Lizzo on the show.
2: I tried to share some songs with Rich so she, he would understand who she is. She's pretty, she's pretty hip. So, <laughs> we know celebrities are influential. So, I don't care how she influences this, but she's doing it. So, Lizzo, big vegan, I can't say this. vegan since 2020. I had some wine. Um, She went to a- Buzz Sarah's
0: awesome. We love Buzz Sarah. She went
2: to a famous place (laughs) in Philadelphia recently. So this restaurant, sorry, I have an itchy nose. (laughs) This restaurant is known for its meat and dairy heavy menu. They have like this eggy French toast, seafood topped grits, cheese steaks. That's the highlight. That's where you want to go when you go to this Philadelphia restaurant called Food Chaser. So they heard that Lizzo wanted to come and they basically like emptied out the restaurant for a night and she invited all her friends. But she said, I want this menu to be vegan. How cool is that? So they came up. They took on the challenge of how do we come up with a highly, entirely rather, vegan meal for Lizzo and her friends that's going to also taste good. Now, it's not going to be the healthiest meal, right? Like for your heart and everything. But they did this. They came up with five items, mushroom focused menu featuring vegan versions of food chaser classics. They called it the plant-based cheesy grits. It was, again, they used a lot of mushroom hmm. in this, but they called it the plant-based cheesy grits, no cheese, topped with seasoned mushrooms, tacos that were fried mushrooms, avocado, pico de gallo, a meatball grinder made with portobello mushrooms, smothered, at, she must like mushrooms. Smothered? Hell, no, could this actually sound, I'm hungry now. They had mushrooms. <laughs> we'll eat some shrooms Vegan, a vegan are- butter. They made are, vegan butter for her. Are, so are, are, are mushrooms really plants,
0: though? I mean, they're they're fungi. The fungi. Right? fungi. Yeah. yeah.
2: So the eatery now, because that got kind of cool, is going to feature this on a part of its menu in a couple of days. So I also don't know how to say this one DJ's name, and I meant to look it up before I got on the air here, but DJ Khaled is that his name?
0: DJ Khaled? DJ Khaled.
1: Khaled. Some say Khaled, yep. some say Khalid.
2: I don't know, but it's, anyway. It's my kids say
0: yes, it's, it's DJ Khaled. Khaled. It well, is. Well, then
2: it is. And I'm really old. He yells his, his name so every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> but he too is vegan. He's also vegan. And he he's is, on this. Yeah. There's some Another popular one. GQ hype debate show. Either of you know what this is?
0: No.
1: Nope. No clue.
2: Okay. So we he went on it officially Sorry, out of I'm touch. pages here, but he made them like talking about using almond milk, and the other guy was like, "No, no." This is stuff about how he needs his eggs in the morning, and he talked the other dude into having cereal with almond milk, and he said that tasted so good. Closing statement was, "Oh, pour us two glasses of that almond milk before we end." So they were all like hip on it making almond milk cooler. It's about, and then the other thing that the Lizzo article talked about, which I, you know, we had a debate about obesity and things in our country, which has to do with meat eating. Now Lizzo talks about like the fat shaming. She is overweight, but she doesn't like it. She's talking about like, shout out quote, shout out to all my fat vegans. We look as good as we feel and to the haters Good luck chasing that narrow beauty standard. She is beautiful. She's big, and she's beautiful. Now, the okay, question is, is she having a healthy diet? Exactly. I don't so, know. I, I,
0: I don't care about whether or not you think like people that are obese are beautiful or not. What I'm worried about when it comes to even someone like Lizzo is, um, that's not healthy, and so you 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 kind of set the image right. too. So say She's someone's thinking vegan junk food all the time, yeah, yeah, and, and and vegan junk food can make you extremely fat. Uh, it's oh, it's yeah. potato it's potato chips and Oreos and stuff like that. I mean, it's gonna make you obese, and it's not healthy for you. And so, but my worry is, someone takes a look at Lizzo and says, "Okay, I was thinking about becoming vegan, but I'm not gonna become vegan if if that's the way that it's right. gonna end up, or if I'm already obese." Why why would I become vegan now and stay obese like Lizzo? That, so- well, and
2: that's actually, that's the argument that she's made. And I'm like, I have to had to print off again. But one of the arguments she's making is there are a lot of fat shamers out there. There are a lot of big girls out there. Why not join me on this vegan thing? And the hope is that at least there's a little healthier and then maybe even some like legitimate health. Listen, it's a hundred percent
0: healthier for the environment. So I don't know if it's that cost. much. And there are there, yeah. are, people,
2: there are people out there, are, women especially, who are bigger. Like a man who's just a big guy, he doesn't. He's never shamed for it, whether there's a little fat in his belly or not. Women though get shamed a lot more. So I'm thinking the hope is you get the women who are bigger to go. I love Lizzo for saying that. I'm going to try that. And whether they lose weight or not hopefully they also catch on to liking healthy stuff. Like,
0: yeah, and uh, outside listen, of I, we, just- we've talked about it on this show. I mean, body shaming someone is um. never okay. All right, that that's not the goal here. But for us to pretend that you know being you know morbidly obese is somehow healthy is is also not okay because uh, we're we're lying right at, at that point, and and we're not going to do that. So I mean, we we have to have the debate to, that says, listen, you don't go around calling people names because they're heavy, and then you, you or even if they're skinny, you don't go around you know shaming somebody's body body for that. But we also don't say, yep, you're on a healthy path, dude, because you're not. Uh, I mean, we, we. I think we well, all can nice agree. Lizzo that- should be.
2: I would love. Let's try to get Lizzo on the show. I
0: would love That's to realistic. have her on. I mean, of course. I, mean, who, I would who love have- it.
2: I'd love yeah. to have her talk you know, about.
1: But we should all more talk like doctors, that we have. Yeah, like we should talk yeah. like doctors and just be more like real about it. You know, it's like like you, we've talked about before. Rich, you've said this It's like you know the doctor's not going to just lie to you and tell you like your your weight's fine. Yeah, you're literally got a tire around your stomach here, but. You know, good on you because I feel good
0: doctors in, in this country do this thing, though. Well, you know, you, you could stand to lose some weight or, oh, if, mm-hmm. if you'd like to lose some weight, here's some ideas or something like that. I'm telling you in Poland, where my wife is from, the doctors will just come out and say, you're fat. You got to lose yep. weight now because you're too fat. And they're really direct about yeah, it. Over we're, there. we're in this kindergarten it, country. We are doing
2: better. I can tell you they're doing better here because I know I have family members who have been told, the truth is you're obese.
0: You're obese. you got going to lose some yeah. weight. And, yeah. and
2: these were just family members who thought they were overweight. And yeah. that's healthy here. Oh, my God, obese. So I'm going to do something about that. Like if you're just, oh, you know, you could stand to lose 10 pounds. That's not going to help. No, I've just got it- five right here.
0: It's not. I'm, I, I I I can stand to lose some weight. You know, maybe a lot right. of us can, and all all of that. But I mean, you know, let's let's not pretend though that being obese is, is healthy. So that's that's one thing right. that that we. And I know we don't have a lot of time for more news. On yes, we, and I want to
2: take that seriously, but I know we don't have a lot of time on news. But I have yes. to tell you that Starbucks is launching plant based chicken and eggs. plant based. How cool? Yeah, but they're huh. only going to do it in where is it again?
1: Um, Canada, right?
0: Uh, California, no.
1: Seattle. No. Yeah.
2: Washington, D.C. and Virginia. Okay. okay. They're going to do plant-based chicken sausage and pepper, uh, plant-based smoky poblano and black bean, um, and then some warm oatmeal dishes and things like that. Why is and it then, never in how-
0: Wisconsin?
2: Of course not.
0: Right? It should be in Wisconsin. You, who, who needs uh, it more than the good people of Wisconsin?
2: Well, it's not about need. It's about who's going to actually order it and not have it go to waste. So the yeah, there's Yeah, but there's there's like though, these
0: bars and You
2: know that there are like celebrities bitching about the dollar extra for almond milk that in the UK, so here it was in New York. Uh, uh who's the celebrity from Succession who like more than one celebrity has gone bonko over the don't charge James Cromwell actually hmm.
0: yeah, took took like super glue Thank and super you. glued yes. his hand to the to the uh, Starbucks yeah. counter. But yes.
2: so in in New York sorry so that happened in New York but it's happened in this country where people have been really bitching about it in the UK they stopped charging extra How about it Good so it's
0: about time Just, yeah. just,
2: just it's coming Progress. around it's coming around I don't go to I don't go to Starbucks anymore I'm I'm doing local That
0: helps There you go Good for you. I love it. Yep. Sarah, Good thank you me. so much. Mm-hmm. Excellent job on the news. We love Buzz Sarah Good doing here. the news. And anytime <laughs> that you are here, Eric, great job as well. Remember, <laughs> like and subscribe to the podcast now, wherever you get your pods. So hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about it as well. Go to realmanyplants.com. You can also subscribe there. Hit that support button. Take the 30 day challenge. Read the blogs. Go to our YouTube channel and check us out all over social media as well. And again, our thanks to Allison Oscar. Our guest today, and we will see you next time, right here on the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. See ya.